Straw Hut Media. It's gotten to be a bit of a cliche how much this year sucks. Like another thing happens and you just think, are you fucking joking? Last week, we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The West Coast has seen record-breaking wildfires. It just won't seem to quit. So today, we talked to Amir Moini, author of the book, 22 Life Lessons by Someone More Fucked Up Than You, a self-improvement book written in a COVID-19 world that you can read in a day. He'll help with some small lessons in embracing trauma, asking for what you need, and most importantly, never, ever giving up faith in yourself. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. My name is Amir Moini, and I'm the author of 22 Life Lessons by Someone More Fucked Up Than You. Amir isn't really the person who you'd expect to write a self-help book. He isn't insta-famous. He isn't super wealthy. He's basically just a regular guy who struggled and eventually found a groove. And during a global pandemic, that's reason enough to write it down. He's 32 now, but when he first graduated from college as a young man, Amir says he had no idea what he wanted to do. I had majored in a very vague degree, communications, which I guess you could do a lot of things with that. He spent a couple of years teaching math in Hawaii with Teach for America. Which was super random. I remember, you know, when I told my dad that story, he laughed because I was always terrible at math. And he's like, how of all people did you become the math teacher? When his two-year contract ended, he had to decide if he wanted to keep teaching or to move on. I think during that process, you know, I, I realized that education, public education really wasn't kind of what I wanted to invest my career in. So he bought a one-way ticket to Los Angeles. I knew I wanted to continue doing something with nonprofit, but at the same time, I was always a lover of, you know, movies and TV and entertainment. So trying to find something that kind of blended the two together. He started networking. He planned coffee date after coffee date after coffee date. He started volunteering at galas and events. Any opportunity he could find to talk to someone in the areas he was interested in, he took. You know, when I look back on my career, it was uh, pretty organic, I would say, just and almost like serendipitous how everything worked out. But I think, you know, a lot of it also had to do with hard work. Eventually, he landed a job at a small nonprofit called Free Arts, which works with kids in LA that have experienced abuse, neglect, poverty, and homelessness. And that opened the door to me eventually getting a job at the Los Angeles LGBT Center. His job there was to raise money from large companies in the entertainment and tech industries. One of his clients was Netflix. So I worked with their pride group for about a year and a half, and I really loved everybody I worked with. I loved the culture. I loved everything the company stood for. Um, so eventually, you know, unapologetically, I, I met with the leads of the LGBT group and I was like, listen, I want to work here and I, I don't have experience on paper, but I'm hoping maybe we can, you know, meet and get coffee and you can talk about, we can discuss how my skill sets are aligned to some sort of position. 
After a bunch of conversations, Amir says he realized that the skills he used for fundraising, what he had been doing at the LGBT center, and the skills needed for recruiting were pretty similar. It's all about relationship development, networking, convincing people to invest in something, whether that's money or career. Um, and there was an entry-level recruiting position open supporting marketing, and that just seemed like a, a perfect match, so I went for it. Obviously, we know it's not always quite so easy to get in the door. Amir was able to get that interview because he knew people at Netflix. He's first to acknowledge that. But I think from that point on, I was just very honest about like not having the direct skills um, or experience that they were looking for, but having tangible experience that could be transferred and a certain level of tenacity and grit that maybe they don't come across typically. And that was my strong suit. Once he had his in at Netflix, he worked his way toward finding the area that fit with him best. Now, four and a half years later, he's the head of employer branding. As you listen to Amir talk, you probably notice that his voice is calm and mature. He sounds educated. Visually, he's no different. He's polished, put together, successful. But in the description of his book, he's described as a cynical, anxiety-ridden, and slightly depressed human being during a global pandemic. So where's the lie? That's a self-description. I mean, that is that is me to a T. But I think it's really important to be honest about my journey to getting here. There's nothing that says you can't be polished and fucked up at the same time. There's nothing that says you can't be successful and happy and also fucked up all at once. We all have trauma to varying degrees, but Amir would say that there's no amount of trauma that can prevent you from being happy and healthy. So he's anxious. So he's cynical. You know, I think the cynicism comes from someone that didn't have kind of like a cookie cutter life. You're a little more pessimistic. You're a little more wary. Um... And I think, you know, I do struggle with anxiety and depression, and I, do, I don't think a global pandemic helps those things. Um, so I've had to work extra hard to kind of take care of my mental health during all of this. But I'm pretty, you know, open and honest about that. That's who I am. And, you know, I think it makes me me. What we're all experiencing right now, just COVID-19, more than six months of being out of work, isolated, scared. That is a collective trauma. Hell, the last four years have been traumatic. I think if you're experiencing symptoms of anxiety or depression during all of this, you know, it's really important to go back to those moments and not be too hard on yourself to know that, like, this was really tough to go through. It is really tough to go through. Um, we're all going through this together. Uh, so let yourself feel how you're supposed to feel. If you're feeling anxious, you're not alone. In therapy, you know, we always say that like when you're feeling anxiety or something along those lines, it's your body's way of communicating that like something is up and it's not an unnormal reaction. That means that like you're experiencing something and you need to kind of dig in and heal whatever it is that you're going through. I think just collectively, you know, as a world and also just as a community, you know, we're we are going through a trauma. It, it varies based on the person's situation, but um, it's okay to not feel good right now. Like, it's tough. Even if 2020 was the only real trauma you claimed, 
you'd still have a lot to sort through in therapy. But the truth is, most of us, especially in the LGBTQ community, have our own stories of trauma that we carry with us. For Amir, a large part came from his experience with his family. I always felt this kind of like aspect of bitterness um, about just like my childhood and growing up and how the mistakes of, you know, my parents, whether it was dealing with like alcoholism or neglect and other things, it, it created a broken version of me. Yes, it might have been experiences that were out of my control, but I think at this stage in my life, it's more about what I choose to do with it. There's nothing you can do to change what has already happened. The one thing you can do is decide how to move forward. Those traumatic things kind of made me who I am and built a backbone that got me to where I am today. So I've kind of learned to see it as like a superpower in a way where I'm, I'm almost, I'm not grateful for them, but I, I can appreciate them in a different way. For Amir, he was able to forgive both his mom and his dad for his trauma growing up. And he was even able to talk about it with them. But I think it really did come to like this kind of catalyst moment with my mom where I think, you know, there were just years of kind of internalized pain and anger at her. And I just, I exploded. You know, we had this huge shouting match and I just kind of lost it. And I think that was a moment where it just created all avenues of, you know, A, letting out all that anger and aggression, but B, us allowing us to ourselves to have that conversation. I think a lot of times people sweep things under the rug with family and with others, but really taking the time to just have that difficult conversation will pave the way for peace. And it's, it's totally worth kind of like getting through the, the thick of it all to get to the other side. Now, he says his relationship with his parents is stronger than it has ever been. I know a lot of people don't get that, so I'm very aware and you know, grateful that I was able to have that. But even if you're not able to have that conversation out loud, you can still make peace. And there are a lot of times in life where you're going to have to create that closure for yourself. And that starts by accepting that you may never get that from that person and learning to be okay with that and move on. Um, because if you don't, if you harp on that, if you get bitter over that, the only person that it's going to affect negatively is you. When we come back, some life lessons for getting through this year from hell. Because we're going to make it, people. I promise. Welcome back. Today we're talking to Amir Moini, author of 22 Life Lessons by Someone More Fucked Up Than You. I came out when I was 16 and I'm now, you know, almost 32. So I've been out just as many years as I've been in, which is, you know, kind of an interesting turning point in my whole evolution. All day, every day. Beautiful people everywhere are coming out as gay, pansexual, trans, asexual, intersex, non-binary, and queer. Coming out is hard enough under normal circumstances, but this year is even harder for young queer people who are trapped at home. I think about that a lot, actually. You know, if you were living in an unaccepting household and having to quarantine with them 24-7, you know, that's, that's not only like super challenging, but it's toxic. 
If you're trapped in a toxic place, here's a small bit of advice from Amir. First and foremost, you know, just know that like you are an incredible person and amazing. And if your family does not love you for who you are, that's on them. I think second, you know, when you're looking at living in a, you know, toxic household, there's two keys to independence and that's, you know, money and education, especially in this country. So invest in those aspects of your life. It's the same now and always. Whether it's working a part-time job and saving money or trying to, you know, further educate yourself, just doing whatever you can to have those avenues of independence so that you can one day get out of that. A part-time job may be harder to scrounge up now, but it is still possible. So don't give up hope. Amir spent years working on himself and finding the balance that made him feel healthy. A lot of that was journaling and writing and reflecting. Uh, this book is like a clear example of that. A lot of the chapters actually stemmed from entries in my journal. He also participated in AIDS Lifecycle and rode his bike from San Francisco to Los Angeles. It is the most challenging thing physically, but mentally it's even more challenging because you're alone with your thoughts for 10 hours a day and you have no distractions. You can't use phones or music or anything like that. So it's like finding ways to kind of like channel physical exertion as well, which taps into the mental aspects. So for me, like exercise has always been a way to kind of combat anxiety and depression. Another thing Amir found really helpful was hypnotherapy. Uh, it sounds a little, you know, wacky at first, but Really, it's just kind of subsiding your conscious mind to go deeper into your subconscious. And I find that that helps when it comes to healing really deeply rooted memories. And then a therapist is more of the day to day. So I consider hypnotherapy like a deep clean and the traditional therapy to be more of like a daily brushing your teeth kind of deal. I think the combination of exercise, the combination of writing and having outlets, as well as traditional therapy and hypnotherapy, that's kind of what has worked for me. And you just kind of have to explore a bunch of options and find what works for you. And it took me years, you know, it was trial and error over and over and over again. And I feel like after six years of trying a bunch of different things, I've now found a good groove, but it didn't come easy. All that to say, he decided to write a book and tried to share some of the things he learned with other people. He describes it as a self-empowerment book meets a coffee table book in a way. It's something that you can read in a day. I on purpose didn't want it to feel too dense. Amir says he had tried to read self-help books before. I think within the first few chapters, I got frustrated and gave up because the author was unrelatable, put on a pedestal, seemed perfect. And you just don't want to read something like that. At least for me, like the cynical side of me, I, I got annoyed and frustrated. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this. So he decided to write a self-help book from a more relatable point of view, his own. So I think this book is like, yeah, I'm, I'm very fucked up. I've gone through different things. And you know, I've, I've been able to thrive somewhat. And here are the tips and tricks of how I've been able to do that. Um, and I also want to acknowledge, like, 
I probably have had a much easier life than a lot of people. And, you know, I, I hope that this book inspires them to realize that like they have a story uh, worth sharing as well. And anybody can really do this if they put their mind to it. Um, so I, I hope this inspires other people to, you know, be more vocal about their experiences and, you know, even write their own books. In the book, Amir goes over all kinds of things. Career, finance, grief, mental health, relationships. You know, I in my journey, and I think there's an element of privilege in this, I was unapologetic and had no shame in asking people for favors. I would literally go up to people and be like, this is what I want from you. This is what I need. Like, can you please do this? And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that or they feel it's a sign of weakness but you're not going to get to where you need to go if you don't ask people for favors so let go of that shame and that um kind of like fear and really just ask people for what you need and that will help you get a lot further ahead and right now during COVID 19 there's a few specific things you can do to try to stay healthy this is not an easy time. You know, a lot of people are in uncomfortable living situations. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have had increased anxiety or anxiety for the first time. Even though it's tempting to slip into the world of social media to escape the day-to-day -day monotony, for your own mental health, it's important to limit your time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. There's almost this pressure to make the best of the pandemic and be the most productive that we can be. And oftentimes social media just enhances that. And I think this is a good moment, you know, in the world right now where we can really tap into who we truly are and kind of shut that off and really just like be in the moment. So find the things that make you feel better. You know, for me, that's taking a walk every day outside or you know that's making sure i exercise or even if i'm not in the mood to talk to people to at least try to facetime one or two people a day another thing that's really important is to give yourself and the people around you some slack it's okay to have tension right now you know this is not a normal situation to go through so if you're living with a partner and you're with each other 24 7 in such close proximity you know it's kind of normal to fight and get in on each other's nerves. Um, going through a difficult experience, it's normal to feel not as sexual as you normally are. Amir says, lean in and listen to what your body is telling you. This isn't necessarily your relationship. This is more symptoms of what you're both going through, but learning to go through it together and communicate. Is there anything for you specifically that's positive that has come out of the pandemic? Honestly, a lot of things. I, again, I, I've been really hard on myself where I'm like, I'm not doing enough, I'm not productive enough. And I, but I've like, I've, I took a moment to really just like reflect on the last four months and I've cooked more in the last four months than I have probably in my whole life. Um, I've explored so many neighborhoods in LA and like really appreciated all the nature and outdoors in a way that I never have. I've really channeled my energy into this book and getting it to the finish line. The book is called 22 Life Lessons by Someone More Fucked Up Than You, and it's available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. During your social media time, which you are limiting now in support of your mental health, you can follow Amir at AmirMichael89. 
He also has a cat named Vin Diesel, and it is actually in the best interest of your mental health probably to go watch him do some cat stunts. The book also has an Instagram and Twitter, and you can find it at 22 Life Lessons. Take care of yourselves, Pride listeners. Day to day, you may not notice the differences, but I think long term, this is this is making us um, better people, even though the situation is horrible in of itself. Thanks for listening. Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers. Pride is produced by me, Levi Chambers, Maggie Bowles, and Ryan Tillotson. Edited by Sebastian Alcala. 